Welcome to Have You Not Seen That. Uh, my name is Charles. I'm Wilson. And I'm Crossman. This is a podcast where we admit to holes in our filmographies, um, things that you know might be embarrassing to admit we haven't seen, things that we might have lied about seeing to kind of cover up these omissions. But now we're going to come clean about them, and we're going to watch these movies and talk about them from a more modern point of view. So Crossman, this week you picked The Social Network. I did. Well, why don't you tell us about that? Sure. The Social Network is a fictionalized version of the founding and litigation of the founding of Facebook. It's written by Sorkin and starts with uh, what Jesse Eisenberg playing Mark Zuckerberg, who uh, is at Harvard and codes a like hot or not clone in his dorm at the same night as like a party is going on, and it kind of like takes off like wildfire on the Harvard campus and this kind of like kind of gets like his like gears turning about like other things that he could be making. He meets the Winklevoss twins who have an idea for a MySpace like website that is targeted at college students and he agrees to work with them and then he kind of like ducks them and makes the website on his own with funding from his roommate at the time. This turns into Facebook like not a lot happens. Some <laughs> uh, Sorkin stuff happens. Yeah. yeah. Founder of Napster comes in as like a character, uh, kind of like midway through the movie, um, played by Justin Timberlake, and he <clears throat> sort of gives them kind of like tech bad boy advice, and then <laughs> this leads to Facebook being like very popular among college students and being like one of the fastest growing websites of all time. And then kind of like interspersed throughout the film is the like deposition of Mark Zuckerberg and his like former classmates to try and figure out what he owes them after having like stolen their idea or like kicked them out of Facebook. And the movie kind of ends with like the end of the deposition. That's it. Yep. That's kind of what the movie what happens. And, and well, Zuckerberg's alone, right? Like they yes. made this network yeah. and like he doesn't that connects all these people, but he yeah. is disconnected. It's it's happen. very like hollow victory. But he tries yeah. to friend request that girl who rejected him. Right. He can't be uh, friends with yeah. anymore. Yeah, there's <laughs> yeah. there's a subplot where he's like uh, dumped dumped at the beginning of the movie yeah. by uh Rooney Mara, who she kinda calls him out for being an asshole, which he was right, yeah. yeah. And then at the end of the movie, he like tries to friend her on Facebook, and it's like yeah. refreshing to see if she right. Yeah. yeah, and the yeah. movie tries to imply that the whole reason that he like created the site that led to Facebook was because he was mad that she had dumped him. Yeah, well, that was pretty explicit about that. Like, it yeah. does, he he also like writes this blog post that kind of drags her yeah. publicly, and he's an asshole. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, Crossman, this movie was a big fucking deal when it came out. Yes. Um, how did you not see it? Yeah, I. I don't. I don't know. It's just like it, it, like it came out. It uh, people were talking about it. I remember being recommended to me because like I work in a similar environment, and mm -hmm. yeah, just like never got around to it. I'm, yeah. I'm not a, like a big Sorkin fan. I'm actually like a I don't like Sorkin <laughs> and his content. Um, but yeah, I I don't know. I just never okay. never saw it. Like it it won or got nominated for a bunch of awards that year, the 2000. Nine, I think it's when it came out. Did it win um, Best Picture? What did it go up against? I don't remember what happened that year. I should have investigated this. Yeah, I thought it got nominated. But, it was know. definitely nominated. I think Eisenberg was also nominated for like Best Actor, and I think Justin Timberlake got some talk for supporting. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's it's like a big, you know, scene-eating role for a famous guy who... Or a guy who's famous for something else. Yeah, yeah. He's he's a good actor, actually. Yes. Justin Timberlake. He's good here. Yeah. He's... <laughs> <laughs> good, good jerk. Um... <laughs> Yeah, uh, had had you all seen this movie before? I, I saw it a, well, uh, around the time it came out, um, and yeah. I was like, not quite wise to Sorkin's tricks at that point. So I watched sure. it, and I was like, oh yeah, it's cool. And then I just never thought about it again. Um, weird watching this in 2019. That's for sure. And I felt the same way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Have you seen this? Yeah, I saw it in theaters uh, and never revisited the movie after that. Right. Yeah. It but just... I had a very positive impression of it when I first saw it. I liked right. it a lot. Yeah. I mean, it is. Enter- and, and entertainment, right? Like yeah, it, I mean, back that. then, like, I wouldn't call myself a fan of this kind of movie, so I was, like, very surprised by right. it. And, like, Sorkin has a way of making the a- making the dialogue scenes like action scenes, yep, essentially. Yeah, snappy. Yeah, exactly. Yep, there's a lot of gotcha moments. Um, what do you think of it? I, I find it incredibly boring. Boring, really? Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. I, I was bored to tears by it. Okay. I actually found myself, like, fast-forwarding through <laughs> scenes just to kind of, like, get to... The scenes with Army Hammer yeah. or Justin Timberlake. I like Army Hammer. Uh, yeah, Army Army Hammer as the Winklevoss twins is very good here. Yeah, I, I remember right. I did encounter someone once who said that they didn't realize that Army Hammer had a twin. Ah. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that was very I mean, it's fun. a very simple but a very convincing special it, effect. Yeah, yeah, it totally, it totally works. Um, um, yeah, I, I found it pretty boring. Um, it, it feels very small in the scheme of, like, Facebook history Yes. now. Um and I, I, I didn't find myself, like, really caring what happened. Like, I really don't care, like, who wins or not. Because mm-hmm. um, I didn't I didn't feel like there was anyone in this movie to, like, latch onto as a sort of, like, non-despicable character. But, but the sort of, like, gross nature of everybody Harvard. involved, like, didn't make any Aliens. of the characters, like, in, endearing. Mm-hmm. Um, like if you're going to do like a, you know, I, I guess like Breaking Bad's like kind of a cliche right now, but if you're, if you're going to make like everybody in the movie bad, then like at least make them interesting or make them like do interesting things. Yes. And I was very challenged to find that character. Well, the, the yeah. character that they wanted you to be on the side of is clearly the Andrew Garfield character. Like he is the the good guy here. He's the one that got yeah. that is ostensibly got screwed over. What I find myself doing while watching it this time around, rather than fast forwarding, was Googling people's current net worth that was in yeah. the movie. Oh yeah, and they're all fine. <laughs> they're all fine. Yeah. All, like at least millionaires, often billionaires. It's like yeah. I don't give a shit. Like, oh great. So he didn't make another billion dollars. Big fucking deal. Like yeah. his life hasn't changed at all. Yeah. Like it, it, so yes, I had a I, I, I wouldn't call it boring because I think that Sorkin does still write like really snappy scenes. It's David Fincher yeah. who knows how to move. He still looks great. Yeah, he, he moves a movie uh, along real well. Um, but it was still just had this basic level of like, we know a lot more about Mark Zuckerberg and what a shithead he is now. <laughs> we know that everything works out for all of these people. And who cares? <laughs> like, who, yeah. who cares? Um, so it, it again, I, my sense of it is still that it works as an entertainment in the sense that it moves along. There's like these snappy dialogue scenes, right? Like it's, yeah. it, it's a pretty crisp two hours, but it's still just kind of on the level of the event. It's like, okay, fine. That's, a, that's just an okay, fine reaction. One, one thing I thought was funny was I didn't think this way the first time. I don't know why my attitude on this changed, but <clears throat> since this movie feels more grounded in reality. Mm-hmm. Um, Relative the, to what? 
relative to my my impression on the first viewing, oh, okay. it's changed now. But I felt more bothered by the aspects of it that were obviously like fictionalized or dramatized. Right. And obviously, they make the movie more entertaining, and they kind of let the movie convey a thesis. Um, but at the same time, they felt kind of hokey to me, a little cheesy, um, a little insincere, I guess. Well, like, I they, don't, they bother me a lot more this time. Like I don't know that much about Zuckerberg or the history of this because I don't find it particularly interesting. So I never bothered looking into it. Like, what are the big things that are false here? But because um, I genuinely, don't I guess know. I didn't look into it specifically, but I assume a lot of the stuff about like him coding the website during a party. And yeah, all that, I, that feels it seemed kind of fantastical. Yeah, I don't know that much about coding, but that didn't seem that realistic to me. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't think that girlfriend story is. Yeah, that seems made up. Like, yeah, that's that's got to be made up. And, the, and even the like involvement of the Wake of Lost Twins is like very questionable. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. In they terms of, they like, did like win a lawsuit against him. Okay. But, well, they settled the lawsuit, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's it's unclear like what their actual interactions were. So like, all all that's like very dramatized, right? Well, and that yeah. that kind of thing kind of happens a lot when someone hits on a big idea. Like someone turns up and says, "Like actually, I have this idea." Yeah, right. Yeah. And it's like, okay, maybe, maybe we, not. Yeah, there's like a moment of invention where it's like the time is right for something, yeah. and then everybody like has a similar. And the, idea. somebody comes up with it, and someone is lucky enough to have their idea click. Yeah, and actually, yeah. I don't think this movie like under, underlines enough that like there's nothing like really that much unique to Facebook, other than it just like looked. Nice. It had the best marketing to start out with, right? Yeah. Well, and it was need. it happened to have been timed well, yeah. right? Like yeah. It, a little bit after MySpace, right, and a little bit before, you know, Twitter, and it's like, yeah, it hit, it hit the right niche, which is to say that Zuckerberg got lucky. Like, the, I think yeah. the, the more interesting story about Zuckerberg isn't that he is an exceptional man and also an, an insidious, selfish man, but that he is a lucky man, mm -hmm. and like, that is what it should be, that he's kind of an average Harvard dope, mm -hmm. and he got lucky. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's the, that's, that's the interesting story. I, I think... Um... I I really like the show Halt and Catch Fire, which, which I haven't seen, but as Ben Strong recommended, it's it's excellent. Okay. Um, it was like AMC's follow up to Mad Men. It started the same night that Mad Men ended, so they oh. meant it to be like if you like Mad Men, just watch this. Right, um, I did like Mad Men, but it's it's a very different show. Um, and the first season is a fictionalized retelling of the founding of Compaq. Um, which is very good. But then in the second season, what the show does is really interesting in that the sort of two male main characters led the drama of like the first season. And the show in the second season kind of realizes that they are not the interesting characters. It's actually like one of the leads like wife and then this other woman who like helped them like code the operating system for mm -hmm. the computer. And the show just becomes about like the two women and mm -hmm. and the men become become the background characters Interesting. and then to sort of like separate itself from that like compact story the show moves everybody to california and it becomes about like the founding of like the early internet okay mm -hmm. and um about kind of the browser wars and they in the show cre um create a kind of like competitor to yahoo mm -hmm. um but then, uh, 
this is like kind of a spoiler, but not really. Um, they like their website just like doesn't take off and like Yahoo becomes successful. And it's kind of it's like a really interesting story because it's like we're getting kind of like the the story of like the Friendster, not mm-hmm. not the Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and sort of the like the failure of, of those characters is is much more interesting and, and dramatic and like the the things that they go through to like try and succeed but then don't is like much more interesting than like Oh, and then like then nobody in this movie had like ever had problems ever again. And by the way, they like never had problems to begin with. Yeah, and, <laughs> like even yeah. if they even if they don't didn't end up billionaires, they all are Harvard graduates, right? Like they yeah. just like get a good job at the drop of a hat. Uh, the roommate has like thousands of dollars Lying just to like when he's you know, like, to, yeah to you know spin up some servers for for their website, which would be very expensive at the time. Like and uh, still, like if you're 19 yeah. years old, I didn't have a thousand bucks of around like yeah yeah exactly that's that's uh, absurd so you're you're right and i I think that that is what's missing from a lot of these great man stories is how much luck is is a a significant component of what's going on and that feels like a a story that needs to be told what's interesting though is that like sorkin seems to like recognize that zuckerberg is like not a good person that's the whole point of the the movie yeah but then doesn't seem to like do much with that like the his like drive is to kind of like get his girlfriend back, which is not interesting, and she's not in the movie, mm-hmm. and we never really like speak to that at all because because uh, Aaron Sorkin hates women, yeah, <laughs> and, and has then, no idea how to write them. Yeah, the movie is very sexist, really, yeah. really his, sexist. His kind of like his it's it seems like Sorkin is like trying to say that like oh Zuckerberg and this character are sexist, but it just becomes like. Depend. Oh, the movie is just sexist. There's the it's there's no like differentiator because like none of the characters like get really punished for it. Right. Well, yeah. and his depiction of women in this story, like there, there there's two kinds of women in this story. Basically, there's the yeah. character he's pining for, like so the object of affection that rebuffs you, and then there's crazy girls, and that's it. And like that that is the universe of women available to the characters in the social network, mm-hmm. and it. It feels like a really hacky answer to just say, "Well, that's what it was at the time. That's what their experience was." Like that's bullshit, right? Like these. Well, that was the, probably made up. Yeah, exactly. Like that story about setting the scarf on fire. Like no way that that happened, right? Like that's that's ridiculous. Or that they would know if it happened. Right. Yeah. It's the, made up. Come on. So right, like it, this is. It, it's on on one end like a, a misogyny by absence kind of story. Yeah. Um, but it's also just the misogyny by depiction kind of story and. It's. It, I, I noticed it very, very clearly in this, in this viewing. Yeah, like the, the frats are like shown to be cool. Like they yep. get like women, and like there's all these like party scenes of like, like essentially like models like showing up to their frat parties, and like, it's meant to be like, oh, these like these frat guys are cool, and they like get women, and then that's supposed to like Zuckerberg Zuckerberg's character. Yeah. It's just sitting like, alone in his computer. Right. Yeah. Who's like not cool, but he's the actual like Victor, right? Or, like, Only, yeah. or is he? Or, yeah, yeah. What it feels like is you know what it reminds me of is Entourage. If <laughs> all those scenes where they're just like filling up the frat houses, it's just lifestyle porn, and like, yeah. well, but what? <laughs> Who cares? Yeah, Entourage kind of like lost its way. Like, uh, not to like apologize quickly. for like Entourage, but I, I think like the first season of like Entourage like was interesting and was meant to be like a critique of. It's a sad thing. And then yeah. the second season was just like, ah, actually, it's not a critique. We're just going <laughs> to 
it was just real. Well, and, well it, it was Sex in the City, right? Cause yeah. I, 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 like, Sex in the City was supposed to be kind of a joke. And for, kinda, like, dude bros. Yeah, and yeah. it is a joke for a lot of the time, but yeah. then they realize that, oh, people actually want to do this thing, and Entourage just picks that right up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's just like, oh, people actually want to party with models? <laughs> oh, okay, great. Like, here we are. Yeah. yeah. So, that yeah, that's what I was reminded of there. Um, so, which, again, I think forecasted a lot of what we saw from Sorkin later on. Like, I think he was able to tamp down some of these tendencies, or he had somebody around him to tamp down these tendencies during, like, things like Sports Night and West Wing, because mm-hmm. um, there were, like, female characters with stuff to do to a degree in those shows. Mm-hmm. But then you get to stuff like Newsroom, which is, like, one of the most grotesquely misogynistic shows I've seen in my life. And it's oh. like that's when he really had a free reign, and like he got that free reign because well, this was so successful. Even even the premise of the West Wing though is like very sexist because like the West Wing is supposed to be like, what if? And, and this is like not my thinking of this is like other people. It's what if or one? Yeah. No, no. It's what if it was the Clinton administration, <laughs> but the Monica Lewinsky scandal oh, never, sure. never happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure. Which is like at its heart is like a very like sexist like. Yeah, because like, it's like Clinton would have been this great man were it not for this nefarious woman. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes, exactly. Um, and so, yeah, like at its heart, it's corrupt. Like, right, because yeah. like Clinton was already a shithead well before Monica Lewinsky comes along. Yeah, like, yeah, like yeah. well before he assaulted her, he, there was just a, a string of women. Yeah, they're, they're very him. credible. But yeah, yeah, yeah it, accusations against her. So yeah. yes, and and I I think that that problem has only gotten worse. For, for Sarkin as his career pro- progressed. Yeah. Yeah. And what, yeah, what's worse is this is kind of like the, like, er text for, like, like, I feel like people watch this and were like, I want to be involved in tech. And because, like, in 2009, like, tech is still, like, pretty nascent. Um, or, like, the current, like, tech scene is, like, very, 2009 is, like, when things, like, started to, like, turn and, like, you just started making money for companies that like don't make money mm. and leads us like very well to like this current moment where like it's like it doesn't like the sort of like moral corruption of sites like Facebook is like all the more apparent like 10 years later. And this yeah. movie like doesn't touch on that. It, like, right. At all. It, it, it does because it feels like what Sorkin is responding to in this movie is his perception of Zuckerberg as somebody people like, right? Yeah. And he he, he thinks that, that people are looking at Zuckerberg and saying like, oh, he's this good guy that connects people. Oh, he's like what we want in our tech leaders. And he's the inventor. He's like, right, right. There were a, a lot fewer scandals back then. We didn't have 2016 He hadn't, back he hadn't then. destroyed the, the democracy yet. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And I think that he was trying to kind of counteract that. But we look at it in 2019 and we're like, yeah, of course Zuckerberg's a shithead, right? Yeah, like yeah. we've seen everything that he's done for the last, you know, nine years since this yeah. movie came out, and it's like, oh yeah, obviously that's who this dude is. And I don't, I don't know if we want to lay that at the feet of the movie. I still think this is kind of a thinly told story and like a thinly told moral, and is really, really propped up by Sorkin being very good at the dialogue level, mm-hmm. right? Just in terms of like writing a snappy line, that's always been the thing that he's best at. Um, but it's it's also like we're coming at this with much more information than everyone who made the movie and saw the movie back in 2010. Yeah, yeah that's fair. Yeah. Um, which, I, think, I think some of his instincts are correct. Like he grounds it in like a courtroom drama, mm-hmm. which is like 
if you're Sorkin, it's the only thing that you can write. So <laughs> yeah, like the like, best, like, but like lean on, lean on like what you're good at, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Play to your strengths. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, like I do. Like it was funny for me watching those deposition scenes because I do actual depositions on a pretty regular basis. Uh -huh. Mine are like much lower stakes than like Facebook litigation, but it's still very funny to have like the witness turned around in his chair. And he's asked a question, and he looks really sad and delivers some dramatic line. And I was like, there's no deposition in the world that plays out that way. It's like nobody has like a pithy line oh, yeah. ready to go. Yeah. It's all like dramatization. It, yeah, it is. But it was like, it, when you see it in something that you actually do, it's like yeah. very funny. It's <laughs> like, come on. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like, it helps now that I work in tech. Like, right. Seeing how their office was structured, and they're having like a big-ass party and stuff, or like, he's doing interviews by like having people hack into something, and there's like all these people watching and celebrating it looked ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, exactly. In, in a house somewhere in the California hills or whatever the hell that was. Yeah. Yeah, I, it was weird. Yeah, so again, like, it, it's fine. Like, it's a movie. I, I, I get that he's dramatizing things and that that's okay. Um, but the effects of some of it is still <laughs> very, very humorous to me. What, what I found very confusing and maybe <clears throat> even a bit insulting was the very, very end when Rashida Jones walks up and talks to Mark Zuckerberg one-on-one -on -one yeah. after all the court proceedings have finished. And she says something to him like, you're not an asshole, you're just trying really hard to be one. And I'm like, Bullshit. what the hell is that supposed to mean? Yeah, yeah, that contradicts right. the entire point of the whole movie, <laughs> yeah, which is shown very clearly that Mark Zuckerberg's <laughs> a huge asshole. So what is this supposed to mean? Right. It, 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 What's the distinction? Right. Because it, it kind of seemed like Sorkin does try to exonerate him a little bit. That like, he might have been the one that called the cops on that party, but it was also that like, what, like, the Justin Timberlake character did something to wrong him, and, like, that's justification. Well, he's shown to be a drug user. Right, he's, oh, yeah, therefore therefore yeah. he's bad. And that, like, really, Zuckerberg's problem is just that he's lonely or something like that. But, but yeah, you're right, it really muddles the message. I guess she you got, up, like, caught up with the wrong crowd. Yeah, right. Just, yeah. 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 She, she also said something about how all the, like, stories told in the court proceedings are, like... Um, essentially dramatized or fantastical to right. some degree and so then that lends to the whole movie being told through the point of view of like an unreliable narrator i guess and so maybe which that's it, why everything's all dramatic and fantasticized which it is and and that's fine but you're right and that it does kind of color the way that we're we're seeing this movie on this character it, it just undermines the whole movie so why undermine your own movie well i think it's because aaron aaron sorkin has always been very obsessed with this notion of the the gray map right like he you sure. see it in the bartlett character you see it in sports night you see it in um a, a few good men or like right? the truth teller he like he wants yes. somebody who or like more tells... specifically he, yeah he sees the truth teller as the great man he wants somebody to tell it like it is right and yeah. he sees himself as that person yeah right so if, if Zuckerberg is, is some sort of truth teller, if Zuckerberg is a great inventor or whatever it is, Sorkin identifies with that. And I think that yeah. that is... Yeah, because Zuckerberg great. has like no filter in the movie. Like, he's right. just like emotionless, like... It's like, I, I, yeah. I have the money because I'm smarter than you or yeah. whatever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> sure. Yeah. And I think that, that... It's funny, too, that it's like a woman, like a woman like telling him, oh, right. don't worry, you're okay. Right, it's exactly. Because like, yeah. that's like, all, all you need is the like, Acknowledgement of a like attractive woman to like say that to like heal oh, you yeah to cure your problems yeah, yeah. exactly and to like give you the like like the hat tip like oh it's okay right and and yeah. I th and I think that Sorkin sees himself that way like mm. that and that he writes so many characters like this or tells the story of so many characters like this didn't he do the Steve Jobs movie too one of them 
I think he did. Yeah, both were pretty bad. Yeah, I saw but... the I saw the one with Fastbender. And I think that's the one he did. I think it is too. And yeah. it's the, it's the same thing. It plays out exactly like this movie. And almost yeah. worse because like Jobs is like you and well, Jobs is a much more insidious character, and the movie yeah. itself is just not as well made. Like it's just not structured well. Mm. And like has such a isn't that the one that had just like it's only at the like the announcements right where it's like three yeah, he only did product it the, announcements. It was all three yes. keynotes. Yes, uh, and it was so it takes weird. place over the course of like three disconnected days. And who, who cares about like it's like three commercials, right? Yeah, That's... yeah. It was, it was, and then the, the the little teaser at the end is like, oh, he comes up with the idea for the iPod because his his daughter likes listening to music or some shit. <laughs> <laughs> the daughter oh. that he never talks to, right? Yeah, that one. And it's like, oh, okay, now they're gonna bond over that. Cool. Yeah, cool. Um, so, the, but my point is that like this the, this is a pattern in, in Sarkin's writing. I, I mean, the real pattern here is that he just like, writes about really fucking boring stuff. Like, <laughs> like who cares like about any of this? Like, yeah. really, what this is is like the story of like corporate power. And as someone that like works in a corporate environment, like your boss changes all the time. Like yep. it doesn't, and and like nothing happens. And, like you know, the company as like an organization just like keeps operating. And that's like what this story is just like the fight for power at the top and it's just like who cares like the stakes are very low here and, right right uh, even for the people involved yeah that's it, the other thing like it's one thing like you can if you were to make like you you brought up Mad Men before right yeah and that's a story of like people at the at the top fighting for who gets to be at the top sure but you you have some sense of at least the stakes that are it at what's at stake for the people involved as well as like the perspective of the, of the people that aren't at the top there's some characters that are you know yeah. mid and lower level and like that lends it some flexibility and some weight uh, this is he has no interest in like the coder right below zuckerberg right like who gives a shit about his, his that? roommate dustin moskovitz right who gives a shit about that guy he was just kind of there i mean he was happy he didn't get screwed over right i guess he was just chugging along i guess and that i think speaks very clearly to, to it's the same with the west wing it's just like oh you know just the people that work in the white house and they do stuff it's like i don't care like, yeah you, you, i mean at least that can like, be you can have like military interventions and like bombing stuff and okay but it's still only told from the perspective of the people doing the bombing. West Wing might be a bad example because like of all the shows like the actual like outcome of their decisions like does have weight on the world Mm -hmm. but like uh, the fucking newsroom is just like who cares like like, (laughs) uh, that's literally adds up to nothing. That's probably the worst the best example of what you're talking about but the most egregious example because Mm -hmm. he sets it like five years in the past yeah. so he, he gets to, like the conceit of the show was that it's set five years in the past and it just like runs through all the major news events that already happened and he gets to offer like the perfect perspective on all of them yeah sure. and it's like what a conceited self-involved <laughs> idea you, yeah you, you you stupid asshole like who cares <laughs> about that like you get to tell us what we should have thought about a thing that happened five years ago it's like great yeah, don't I'm care. You're, and since we're just shitting on Sorkin, did you ever see Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip? I, I heard it's abysmal. Okay, so. Uh, and it's funny because it launched at the same time as uh, 30 Rock. As 30 Rock. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I, I remember when they launched, everybody was talking about Studio 60. Yes. Like before anybody had watched it, they were like, Sorkin's bringing it. It's going to be. Yep. And then it was canceled after like five episodes or something. Yeah, yeah. It, it made it like half yeah. a season. It's um, the subject of an obscure trivia question now. I had oh, one really? of those earlier this year. Yeah. <laughs> okay, did you get it right? Yeah, I did, actually. Okay. <laughs> it's like, 
Imagine SNL, but you don't see SNL. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. maybe that's not so bad. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do that already. I don't watch <laughs> it. Um, but the reason I bring it up is I did watch it because I was like into West Wing at that point. I was however old I was, 14 years old. Yeah. And so I watched it. I watched all nine episodes or whatever it was until it went off the air. And like when the, you could tell there was an episode where they realized they were getting canceled and then they like started writing for the end. And what ends up happening at the end, I'm not going to remember all the details, but it's something like one of the cast members' brother is in Afghanistan, and, like, something is happening to him, and, like, for some reason they have to do something with the show that interacts with the war in Iraq. So he manages to, like, try to elevate this stupid, like, sketch show to the level of, like, international warfare. (laughs) And it's just ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Um, And, yeah, that, I think, is... I saw someone linked a tweet with a clip from that, with right. that clip, okay. with the, where the dude's like talking about, he's comparing his comedy show to <laughs> like, to, to, to his brother being in Afghanistan. Right, or and, like as though the stakes were comparable or anything it was at weird. all. Yeah, it, 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 it was not a good show. I thought it was not a good show. Imagine that. Yeah. Oh, that was another show. Wasn't one of the characters like an addict of some kind or like a recovering oh, yeah. addict? Sorkin yes. is like a big issue with like drug use. Well, he and was a use. cocaine addict for yeah, a long time. I know, but he's like a big moralizer over it where he's like, the people who are addicts are like, are bad. Yeah, well, because he got over it and therefore if he can get over it, he's uh, something great. Which is you're like, not, you're worse. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, which is especially disappointing because one of the best. Because like, West Wing did some things well, and one of the things that it did do well was depiction of, its depiction of alcoholism. In the mm. the chief of staff character is depicted as an alcoholic, and like there are many good moments of, about that addiction in that show. And I think it's when Sarkin was using, and so it's a shame that he can't like recall that and mm. recall like what that experience actually is. Yeah, and instead decides to like again elevate himself. Like, how do I make myself look superior? Or, yeah, I think there's, like, two ways to, like, handle it much better. Like, Stephen King does a good job of, like, showing, like, like it was, like, a real, like, demon in mm-hmm. his life. And, like, it's manifested in, in you know, so many of his books. Um, or take it the other direction. Actually, I think one, one show that kind of came out a few years after this is... Um, oh, it's a stupid fucking show. Um, <laughs> Doesn't narrow it down. No. <laughs> um, workaholics. Workaholics oh, came out. Uh, really? You don't like workaholics? I, I, I think workaholics is like really interesting because it's like it's kind of like a portrait of like like I think it underlines really well like masculinity in like 2015 where it's like uh-huh. it's the opposite of like this movie where it's just these kind of like three fucking losers that like do drugs and like work at a shitty company and their job sucks. And they have like no way or of understanding as to like how to like take care of themselves as an adult or like mm-hmm. find relationships within sure. uh, with, within like modern society. Um, and I I, I kind of like the show as like a critique of like a movie like this, where it's sure. like, yeah, no, oh, that. here are these like young men who are like successful and they're like doing something interesting. And like, I, I think it's much more interesting to just see these kind of like losers who like do drugs like yeah i mean that's why movies like office space have stood the test of time yeah right because it's about like something that people can relate to and it's you know the stakes are clear because it's about like this guy is going to 
have a job or be homeless, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like, the, yeah, like that is more resonant for for more people. Yeah, yeah. The, I mean, the, the stuff like Social Network is yeah. resonant for Aaron Sorkin and David Fincher, and <laughs> <laughs> you know, okay. yeah. Or like Broad City is kind of like the sister show to like work Workaholics. Yeah, I, like I think like uh, like broad, uh, that might be a better like contrast to yeah. to this, where it's like two people who like you know they just kind of suck and like they don't. <laughs> You know, they're just trying to, like, make it in New York, and they don't really have a way to, like, do it. And they don't have a plan. And, and the thing is that they don't really make it. Like, yeah. Like, a lot of times... These exactly. shows, Same they, with workaholics. Like, these, they're never successful. Yeah, these shows yeah. will have an arc where, like, they struggle, 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 they fuck up, they struggle again, and then it's like, oh, there's a break, and they, like, mm-hmm. hey, get their break. They just, like, keep struggling. Yeah, the, <laughs> like, con- the contemporary like, versions of these stories is that they, they just, like, never find that break. And, yeah. yeah. Yeah, which is... Which resonates, like, much more... That's most people's experience. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That kind of reminds me of yeah. uh, Silicon Valley. Have you guys seen that? I haven't, but I've been meeting. It's I've, very I've funny. The, like first season. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, I, I guess it gets frustrating after a few seasons. But they just basically keep like having. They have a great idea and they have a great product, but like setbacks keep happening. They sure. keep fucking it up. Um, I mean, they they do kind of lean on that plot point a little too much because it keeps happening and it builds up the drama. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really enjoyed it because uh, well, obviously it's very funny, right? Um, but it also feels. Like it kind of makes fun of the sphere uh, while still feeling kind of authentic. Like you kind of contrast that with other like nerd based comedy shows like Big Bang Theory, and this one seems more like um, authentic, I guess. Yeah. More true to um, like who those people actually are, but also like has ways of making fun of that. Yeah. Well, because the gimmick is that like they have their idea and it builds and builds and then it collapses at the very end of the season, right? Is that yeah. How you yeah, and that out? happens okay. for like three seasons. <laughs> okay, got which, it. Which like maybe it's a little too much. They, they it collapses and they pivot to a different, different thing. um different product that like utilizes their main technology or whatever, right? And that happens a few times and that got a little tiring. Right. Um, but the show as a whole, like you know, I, I like the characters and the comedy was very well written, and so. Yeah, I, I kind of they, you, that kind of reminded me of that. I guess. Yeah, well, it's interesting that a lot of our points of comparison here for Social Network are like doing what Social Network does correctly are television shows, right? It feels like it's mm. a longer form story. Like I, I can't think of many movies. Like we talked about Office Space, I guess, but that was well, that's an older movie at this point, like prior to the tech industry. And like I don't know if we've seen that on, at, at the cinematic level, like that movie. That is, there's probably something I'm. I'm I think here. part of what makes a story interesting is i guess building up your idea to success to success right, yeah, yeah and that's like a gradual yeah. thing it doesn't always happen overnight right and you have to like do a lot of different things to kind of keep the momentum going right and they, they show a little of that in this movie um but it also happens like very quickly and well, so it doesn't and, really feel like they had to struggle to earn it well, and you know they're gonna get there it's facebook right sure like, you know yeah it's gonna be successful like yeah. that there's no yeah. tension on that level um so that that's part of it too um so we talk about Sorkin a lot because, like, I think Sorkin dominates this movie. Like, it's very obviously written by him. But Fincher directed it. Um, like, do we see Fincher in this, or like, how does this compare to like other stuff Fincher has done, which is a lot of stuff at this point? Like, he's been busy. Uh, I think it's got his look right. It's got. It's pretty grim. Yeah. Yeah, it's really dark. Yeah. It's really darkly lit. Like, it's almost always at night. Yes, that's yeah. true. Um, but like even like when they're just in their dorm room, it feels like the whole room is lit by a lamp or something. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's yeah. it. Yeah. Um, and which is a weird choice. Like it's it, it's strange that everything looks that way. Yeah, I mean he's going for like kind of a nightclub aesthetic, I guess. So it makes everything look really like cool and edgy. I think you're right. 
Um, I, he, did, he shoots music videos, right? We've had this oh, yeah. discussion yeah. in the past. Yeah. So yeah. like he has like a he like he knows how to like shoot young people like at a party. At, yeah. Well, he he knows how to shoot young people at a party such that they look cool. Yeah. But yeah. I'm I'm not sure that that's what this story calls for. It might have been what like Sorkin and the script called for. Sure. But like. It, it was a weird place for this to be in where like we have like these dark like they're supposed to be dorky computer guys doing dorky mm-hmm. computer guys things and like suddenly finding themselves with so much money and like they don't know what to do with it and they can't handle all this responsibility but everything is shot and, and lit like it's a, in a nightclub yeah. <laughs> like it's in a music video yeah. and it like kind of clashes. Um, yeah, so. well, I, I think it lends itself to the usual problem of, like, the perception of the characters yeah. being different from how they're actually portrayed. Because yep. I think you, you spoke earlier about how this inspires a lot of people to get into this sort of field. Uh-huh. Um, and I think a lot of that is just because how slick, because of how slick everything Absolutely. looks. So it, it's like Fight Club, you know, you have this disconnect between how <laughs> cool it looks and how despicable the characters are. But people are tricked by the slickness of the look. Right. Like, I don't know what your dorm rooms were like, but I remember my dorm room had, like, a big, giant fluorescent light at the top, and you turn that on, and there's just this huge white light over the whole room, and, like, everybody looks terrible in the light, and, like, imagine if that opening sequence where he's coating up the face mask (laughs) thing was lit that way, and, like, how different (laughs) that would, and how much better it would play, right? Because you would have that, you'd still have it cutting back to the, the frat scenes and, like, the girls showing up. But then rather cutting to a different room that, look, that looks like the same room just with fewer people in it. That's true. It's just like a big white light and like this pasty dope, like talking about which girls he thinks are hot. Like it plays so differently. Like that would yeah. be, that's a, bigger a much. Contrast. It's a contrast. It's a bigger contrast and it characterizes the Zuckerberg character so much better. And it like introduces the character as like kind of pathetic mm-hmm. and kind of a loser right away and yeah and you could tell they were trying to do that but again the slickness kind of undermines that right exactly fincher undermined it because fincher only knows one way how to make a movie yeah and it's this way and like so it, you think he was like miscast for this miss he's miscast yeah. for a lot of movies frankly yeah. <laughs> like, and i, I th- he just has no dexterity as a filmmaker like he has his one mode and his one like framing of everything and when it works and stuff like zodiac and gone girl it fucking works like gangbusters and those movies are great yeah. when it doesn't work like here in Fight Club, you end up with some really problematic. Messaging. You got to point them the right way. Yeah, exactly. And I think that this is a this is a symptom of of you know Fincher you know not being in the right movie. There was also that one random scene where they're rowing crew and he had a bunch of tilt shifts. <laughs> yes. I, I don't know. He was just playing around. I guess I don't yeah, know if there's I, a specific purpose to that. Yeah, I mean, it looked okay. I mean, like I, like the those tilt shifts tend to talk about like be literally being off balance and things like that, but. Yeah, I don't know if it was like it feels like if you have a high energy, high movement scene, mm-hmm. you want a clarity in your camera, right? Like yeah. you want you want something that's going to be that's not like you don't want a camera that's going to call attention to itself. You want yeah. you want to call attention to what's being depicted. So and, I, I mean, now that I think <clears> about it, I guess like usually use it you use a tilt shift to display things. Um, you make things look as if they're miniatures. Yeah. And so maybe that's supposed to make the Winklevosses like rowing crew like seem like a small and pointless venture compared to like all the Facebook stuff. I guess. I guess. I think yeah. they were doing it to hide that it's like obviously not Harvard. <laughs> they were they were Possibly. shooting upstate, like somewhere in New England. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, and I'm not familiar enough with the Harvard campus, thankfully, to, yeah. uh, to be able to spot that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that, that's plausible as well um I, i'm not sure 
Um, that does remind me, though, I did find it hilarious how the Winklevoss twins were characterized the entire movie because sure. they're basically humiliated the entire way through. Like, they have a long <laughs> sequence where they go to protest to the president of Harvard. That's, I think, the best scene in the movie. It's so funny because yes. their rule is like, sorry. oh, it says in the, in the student's Student handbook <laughs> that, the, you know, the Harvard gentleman doesn't steal or whatever. Yeah. And it's just so pathetic. And <laughs> it's it's like, so funny to watch him try with these, like, pointless rules. That's what right. the movie should have been, though. Like, yeah. more of, like, that. That's, like, the most compelling scene in the movie, mm-hmm. I think. Because it, it makes them look dumb. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. yeah well, it, looks, it, looks make, it makes everybody look bad. Well, and, it's, uh, <laughs> and it, it puts them, like, because the, the, what drives the movie, unfortunately, is, like, an opposition of interests on the material level, right? Like, there's just, like, the, Zuckerberg has a bunch of money. The Winklevoss twins think they have a right to that money, and there is conflict, right? Yeah. But what that scene does, and what should have been followed there, is it puts them at a philosophical difference, right? Because then the, the difference is that the, the Winklevoss twins think rules matter and are self-enforcing, and that we should be, you know, following the rules because they exist. Mm-hmm. And Zuckerberg is saying, no, fuck that. And like that, it, <clears throat> there we have something that is more yeah. universal, right? That yeah. it's not just about who gets another billion dollars. Yeah, they're also just like, it it shows them as being like basically babies where like yeah. they've they've never failed in their life yeah. at mm-hmm. anything and this is the first moment that they're being told that they like can't have something right yeah and they have to run a dad yeah and that's yeah that's exactly what happens their yeah. dad gets them a meeting with Larry Summers who's <laughs> also an asshole uh and yeah like that scene is great like it underlines like y- you know just why everything is terrible about right. this. And but, then, but it, it yeah. again is a scene about domination, right? And I, I feel like yeah. a more thoughtful writer and a more deft uh, director would have done more to show both parties as bad, right? Like that Larry Summer is an asshole, right? Like he does suck. The Winklevoss twins are pathetic at this moment. But what actually happens there is that Larry Summers looks cool because he gets to deliver the deliver the cool Sarkin one-liners, <laughs> and the Winklevoss twins look like they have lost to the winner that is the president of Harvard. And like that's such a a bad way of understanding the world and understanding the, the story you ought to be telling and the message you ought to be sending here. But it again is very typical of both really uh, Sarkin and Fincher that you you can't just have a scene that is about people having a conversation. It has to be about somebody winning a conversation. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, okay, fine. Like, let's watch that for two hours. Like, and that... Uh, I don't know. I got the impression, like, both parties were portrayed in a negative light. Even if the president, you know, wins, quote-unquote, the conversation, he still looks like a huge asshole. He's still very dismissive of, like, you know, the, the student life rules or whatever that mm-hmm. they trust their school to provide for them. Right, but it's dis- dismissive in, like, a desirable way. Right, like it's it's dismissive in a way where he looks rad doing it, and like I guess I just don't that, see that as desirable, and so I just saw. Okay, well, and I, to your credit, then, but I think <laughs> that that is like what Sorkin is after yeah. there. Like, like he cannot write a scene where someone isn't coming off as pretty as smarter than somebody else. Like yeah. that's the most important thing. It's like who who gets who gets to look smarter, and who is there for the winner. And it's like all right, fine. Like that's not what life is, you, you asshole. Um, any any closing thoughts on uh, on Social Network? I yeah, there must have been a better movie in here. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, th- <laughs> just I, in two thousand nine or whatever when this is up for awards. So, I I, yeah. I did look it up. The oh. King's Speech won that year. Oh, I, I saw that too. Yeah. Oof. Oof. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, not maybe not. Then. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I think this is one of the few biopics that deserves a sequel. Weirdly, despite our disdain for it, I think that there is yeah. a story after this that is more interesting than the story that is told. There's here. been rumblings about it sequel for a while, right? Yeah. And get a different writer. Get at least just like a whole new production team. Keep, keep the cast, right? Like Andrew Garfield is talented. Jesse Eisenberg is talented. Army mm -hmm. Hammer, if you can get him, he's more famous now. Like, is, <laughs> is good if he's even involved at all, I guess. And, like, the, like, the story about Facebook destroying democracy is compelling. And, like, that that has some weight to it and clearly stakes for everybody. Or Zuckerberg thinking that he can run for president, which oh, is, like, a real thing for, like, yes. a few years. Yeah, absurd. Yeah. Yeah, he can, he can barely, it's unnerving watching him. Like, stock is yeah. just immediately uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It really makes you want to buy some sweet baby rays, though. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> uh, what were you, Charles? Any, any last thoughts here? No, I just, you know, not not as positive as the first time around. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's telling that I feel like nobody talks about this movie anymore. Yeah, yeah, no staying power here. Again, because it kind of got overridden by history, but also it's a thin movie. Um, anyway, we'll be back in a moment with Things We've Seen. Stay tuned. Welcome back to Things We've Seen. This is a section where we talk about things we've seen recently, usually more contemporary films, uh, but not always. Um, you guys saw Ad Astra in theaters? Right? Yes. Which yeah. did not uh, win the box office, surprisingly. Yeah, really? it was something dumb. Like, what, what won? The Downton Abbey. Oh, okay. it's not that dumb. Okay, uh, like crushed the box office over the weekend. People still like that. Show. I didn't know that that existed. It was I mean, like, like a surprise a smash. Yeah, and it's yeah. still fans. I, I be, be Brad Pitt. Yeah, I haven't seen Downton Abbey, but it feels like something I would like. <laughs> I should watch that show. I like Downton Abbey. Anyway, Charles, tell us about that Astra. What happens? Okay, so in Ad Astra, um, Brad Pitt's the main character. He's an astronaut, uh, and his father uh, in the past was sent out to Neptune um, to explore or to, to seek out alien life, essentially. See if there's any signals out there, scan some planets, something like that. But he disappeared. Um, and now, you know, there's some like cosmic storms happening. They're disrupting electricity across the earth. And they determined that it might be related to his dad's mission. Um, so they send him to Mars to try to send a signal to hope to like appeal to his father to save the earth, essentially. Um, I don't know if I want to give away the rest of the movie because it's pretty new, um, but there's some elements of his relationship with his father and his relationship with other people and his relationship with his own humanity and that kind of thing. Uh, I did feel like the trailers were very misleading because the trailers show all of the action scenes and they make it look like kind of a space intrigue thriller action movie. It's, it's not that. But it's actually a very contemplative and slow movie. Uh, yeah, so what do you think of this one, Wilson? I loved it. Honestly, yeah. I, thought, I thought this movie was great. Nice. I was like very. In, this is one of the better Brad Pitt performances. Like he's having, he's on a tear this year with this and and Once Upon a Time, um, and yeah, I was I was very into what's going on here. Like th this was James Gray, uh, his follow up to Last uh, Lost City of Z, which was also excellent, um, mm -hmm. and his, then his follow up to Immigration, there the Immigrant rather, also excellent. Um, but yeah, I I liked the intimacy of it. I I, I liked how well it handled voiceover like this is a voiceover heavy heavy movie and i think that brad pitt nails it there um i it, it, and it's such for me a strong argument for just making your theme text right like <laughs> what what this movie is about is literally just the stuff that brad pitt says and like that's yeah. fine right like it's totally fine to just be like 
here's your message about toxic masculinity and like how that you know destroys lives and i'm going to state that in the movie and yeah the movie is going to be very explicitly about that thing um and like i mean i could go on and on because I, I really did think this was one of the better ones that came out this year but uh, what did you think about it uh, I liked it a lot. I did feel like I was a little overhyped on it because I felt like there was a lot of buzz and like, you know, glowing reviews about it going in. There were, yeah. And it felt like it didn't quite live up to that for me. Um, I, did f I didn't feel bothered by how slow the movie was, so that was very good. Uh, the movie looked great. It, it's mm -hmm. a beautiful, beautiful movie. Uh, and I just felt really immersed in the world and in the character. Um, and so that was great. I did feel like it was maybe a little too minimal on like text, I guess. And you didn't seem to have that problem, but it felt like a little light, I guess. I, get for, I really liked how it, how it critiqued toxic masculinity here. Yeah. I think when we see movies that are doing that, which we're seeing more and more of lately, what we see is toxic masculinity as anger a lot of the mm -hmm. time, right? Like that's the most visual way to represent a masculinity that that harms, right? Like somebody lashes out, somebody is you know exhibiting violence upon somebody else. Yeah. And this depicts toxic masculinity as extreme reservation, mm -hmm. right? Like we have this guy that has no outlet for affection, and his his form of toxic toxic masculinity isn't like a heightened emotion. It, as depicted as the only emotion that is available to men, which is anger, or socially mm -hmm. available to men, which is anger. His is just a pulling back from everybody around him, mm -hmm. and just that because men are told to 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 hide their emotions. To, to hide it, and he and he takes that to its logical extreme, which yeah. is uh, like he, his heart rate never goes above eighty five or whatever it was in this movie, right? Like we have everybody at a distance. Like all of the dialogue has to be voiceover because he can't like have conversations with people, right? Mm -hmm. And you you see so much in Brad Pitt's performance of like how tense this makes him right like yeah. he he's this guy that has an 85 heartbeat the whole time but like you see it in his movements that he's just so deliberate and has to be consciously thinking about all the things mm -hmm. that he does and i i thought that that was such a rich and important way of depicting what masculinity can look like and then how that plays out in the movie is again simple yeah but important and clear Right, like he, here's a guy. He's he is isolated from people around him. He is he doesn't know how to connect with the the folks in his life. He goes and journeys to the end of the universe to find his father. I mean, this is in the trailer. Like it's fine. He journeys, yeah. he journeys to the end of the universe to find his father, which is also the logical conclusion of that behavior. Like this is a guy who's gotten as far away from humanity as he possibly can. This is where Brad Pitt learned to behave this way. He acquires what is valuable from that father, which is the data that is on this ship. He attempts to connect. He fails. He realizes that this is a bad way to lead your life. He returns to Earth having learned that he needs people in his life. Right? Yeah. Very simple story. Right? But it's it's yeah. it's so evocative and it's such a so beautifully told and so beautifully acted by by Brad Pitt that it it resonates and it stays with you. I, I mean, I saw this a good I don't know it's been four or five days and it's yeah it stays with you for that whole time. Um, so yeah, I. I if this isn't on my top 10, top five list at the end of the year, like it will have been a very good year because mm -hmm. <laughs> I thought this was a really phenomenal movie. Sounds like it's this yeah. year's drive. Maybe, yeah. It's similar. And when I was like, I bet the audience score is, based on your description, I was like, I bet the audience yeah. score is bad. It is. And uh, <laughs> it's critics highly rated, audience score 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. But movies are mismarketed like that. Yeah, I mean, they're they're worried that people aren't going to turn out for like a pensive exploration. Which is a shame because they do. Like, my theater was sold out. Yeah. Right. And maybe it's a bunch of people expecting an action movie, but I don't think so. Yeah. Um, And like, that is driving drive the same issue where yeah. it was marketed yep. as Fast and Furious, and it yep. was the opposite. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, and this so. is like lower action than Drive, even like yep. I yeah. think easily, in fact. Um, but I think that there's there's an audience there's an audience for like these middle brow, you know, uh, dramas for mature adults, right? Which yeah. is what this movie is, and like you can sell that. Right, like you yeah. can just sell something that says like, "Yeah, this movie's going to treat you like you're a grown up." I felt like I was more it. sold on the movie after people described it as not being like the trailers, because yes. like the trailers made it look like a like you know suboptimal like political thriller in space or mm-hmm. something, and it was kind of weird. Yeah, like I, I'd seen I've seen uh, several James Gray movies at this point, so I kind of knew that that wasn't what it was doing. But yeah, you're right that that is what the trailer makes it look like, and that is not a fair representation of the movie, and it's missing its audience because of that. Which is a shame. Yeah. Um, what did you see, Crossing? Can I think of? I was watching TV, which was an odd experience, um, <laughs> and <laughs> watched um, the movie Heavy Rain, which is a uh, '90s action movie starring Christian Slater and Morgan Freeman sure. <laughs> on opposite sides of the law. Um, Christian Slater is like a Brinks truck driver, and. <laughs> he, with his uncle who got him the job and the Brinks truck driver, the the truck gets like knocked over by Morgan Freeman and his crew. Mm -hmm. And the uncle's like killed accidentally. Um, So Christian Slater there, it's like set in like a small Bayou town and uh, there's like an incoming storm. So Christian Slater like goes to the sheriff's office and there the town is like starting to flood and, the sheriff like doesn't really trust Slater um, because he was like involved with this crime somehow, and they don't know like which side he's on. Okay. So they they lock him up in the jail, and then they like go search for like the robbers. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's really kind of interesting and phenom- phenomenal about the movie is that the flooding is like very real. Like it's oh. all like practical effects mm-hmm. and real water yeah like <laughs> the the town gets like really flooded and like all the sets are like built at the roof level mm-hmm. and like there's a lot of scenes where people are like drowning and like trapped in situations it's like the the like intensity of like the drowning is like very real and, yeah, okay. like well acted um Randy Quaid is in this movie uh, kind of distractingly because he's like <laughs> such an over the top actor, but really like uh, Christian Slater in anything. And Slater's I was like surprised that I like like this movie a lot. It's like a good like kind of like Cowboys and Robbers kind of mm-hmm. movie with like shifting allegiances and. Ooh. But the or, the whole movie like the this like town size set was like flooded. Cool. When was it made? <laughs> uh, I, I gotta look that okay, up. Well, the, it's like a late '90s action vehicle, though, because okay. Christian Slater's in it. <laughs> yeah, right. And you just what found it on TV somewhere? Yeah, it came in like ten minutes in, and um, wow, that's just kind of an experience that doesn't happen that much. Yeah, it yeah, it was kind of yeah, a movie on TV. I don't do that because there's so many commercials now. Yeah, well, it was not cable. now, but always. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so. Cable. 
I, I do. I, I get it for for free. Um, but yeah. The steel cable? <laughs> no, I, I work at a cable company. So. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's that's fair. Um, okay. Yeah, love love me some Christian Slater too. Yeah, he's I w- wish yeah. he was in more stuff. He's kind of like past his uh, prime. He's in Archer. Unfortunately, yeah, yeah, he plays himself in, in, in Archer. Well, he plays himself as a CIA agent. In Archer. He plays himself as a character of himself, right? So, like, they just call him like Agent Slater the entire yeah. time, and it's just Christian Slater, and the drawing looks like Christian Slater, only he's a CIA agent. Yeah, and that's that's the thing, which is funny. Um, that seems to be his role now, because he like had a cameo on The Office as basically that same role. Okay. Because he was in like a commercial for the printer company that buys Dunder Mifflin. Oh, right. Yeah. Uh, Saber. Yeah. Okay. Hard Rain, 1998, called it. Okay. It's a very like late 90s film. Okay, cool. Lots of like shootout action scenes too. It, like it carries itself like very So it sounds well. like a crime film that's set in a disaster film? Yeah, it okay. is. That's it, pretty intense. It, it is. And it, it works well. And Morgan Freeman's great in it. Christian Slater's really good. There's a lot of like smaller bit parts that are like really good. It's good that we're seeing more of that kind of stuff now too. Like these, like there was a while where we weren't getting these kind of action movies that are just like solid, right? And like we're we're seeing more of it. Like yeah, John Wick is reviving it and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. and and that's cool. But that that we're still seeing. He, he was Rain-esque. in like a, a string of movies like this mm-hmm. uh, in the late nineties, and they're all like very good. Yeah, well, and he peaked with True Romance, which is really yeah. a great, great movie. Or uh, Broken Arrow. Have you seen Broken Arrow? I've not seen Broken Arrow. That is a wild one. What happens in Broken Arrow? Um, he's a uh, he's a pilot of like a B two bomber, uh-huh. um, and his uh, co pilot John Travolta like screws him over and like steals. <laughs> oh no! Like like the steals nukes. the like nuclear <laughs> weapon and like bomb Russia. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's also. I think it might be a John Woo movie because, like, the two characters, main male main characters, are like brothers that are like <laughs> like in love with each other, but like on opposite sides of the law. Got it. And like, which is like every uh, John Woo movie kind of point break situation. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Got it. Yeah. Um, and it's crazy. Like uh, John Travolta is totally like uh, off the off the leash. He can do crazy pretty well. I think. Yeah. He's he's got that down. Yeah. Um, yeah, Broken Arrow is really good. Okay, so we got we got two recommendations from you then. We got Broken Arrow and <laughs> yeah. Heavy Rain. Oh, the Slater catalog is deep. It, it's nice. the whole thing. <laughs> and, and worth worth digging into. Can't miss. Yeah. All right. Cool. Um, well, we are shifting into our our horror month. Yes. Horror October. Um, and so that's uh, it's Halloween. Um, every week we select a horror movie for for the show, and then we'll shift back to our regular scheduling come November. Um, unless we can think of four Thanksgiving movies, I can only think of one. <laughs> um, planes, trains, and automobiles? Yes. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's the only Thanksgiving movie. I can't think of any other ones. It might be. Yeah. You got a face. Can you think of one? I'll keep going. I'll think. Uh, okay, yeah. got it. Um, but anyway, it's my selection. Um, my pick is A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night. 
Um, and I've been meaning to see this for a very, very long time. I missed it when it came out back in 2014. It seems to stand alone as in its genre, kind of created its own genre, apparently. Um, so I, I'm looking forward to watching it, and um, I, I hope it's good. Uh, do you got it? The Witch is about pilgrims. So <laughs> <laughs> got them. I think technically... They got the outfits. Technically, it could be a Thanksgiving movie. Okay, so we're going to rewatch The Witch and <laughs> Plants, Trains, and Automobiles, yeah, yeah. which I think we've all seen. Um, and I've not seen it, actually. You haven't, you haven't seen Plants, Trains, and Automobiles? No. You, you should, it's good. You should pick that movie. It's, it's I might. Um, and in any event, we'll be back uh, next week uh, for Horror October and A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night. If you're liking the show, please... Uh, recommend it to people. Please like it. Please subscribe. Uh, we're on Facebook and SoundCloud and iTunes and Google Play um, and all personally accessible um, pretty, pretty easily. Um, and we'll see you next week for A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night.